Podcraft. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one partners, family, friends, co workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome to this episode of The Dance of Intimacy. Before I go ahead and speak to that in this monologue, I do want to mention once again my show notes that are put together by my wonderful team. If you want to look at various episodes that I have, check out the show notes, which is usually pressing details, and it will take you to what the show is about, who the person I may be talking to, uh, some of their background, what we talk about, some of the highlights. So we'll give you a good gist of uh, what's in the podcast. And on another note, I'm going to just put this out there because I so enjoy talking about relationships. As you know, relationships, let's talk about it. I love it. I do it all day long in my practice. It's a big, huge priority and uh, meaningful, intimate, genuine experience in my life about relationships. So I love doing talks. I love doing seminars and workshops. And if any of you out there are interested in me coming to your organization to give any kind of talks or workshops, seminars, I love doing that. So contact me at heartsharecounseling.com and let's talk about it. I love saying that. <laughs> so in this episode, The Dance of Intimacy, uh, one reason I think I call it the dance, and you've heard that before, but it sure is, trying to get the right rhythm of what intimacy is, especially if you're doing it and sharing it with somebody, of getting that sinking, being heard, and to hear somebody and to be known. And of course, we can dance alone. Many of us don't think about having intimacy just with ourselves. But when you are self-disclosing and self-confronting to another person, you're being intimate with yourself, irregardless of whether they share in it or not. You're being witnessed. And that itself, you're also witnessing yourself. And you're having intimacy within yourself. So it doesn't necessarily happen to be shared. Like right now, I'm speaking, I don't know how many of you are listening or where you're listening, but I'm sharing myself and self-disclosing my thoughts on intimacy. And I feel a connection to intimacy about that. I know I need to be vulnerable as a component to be able to be very intimate and I need to be very genuine. And genuine means really knowing myself and not with all the pretenses and how I want to come across or how I should be. Uh, for me, the expression of especially emotional intimacy, which we're talking about, is revealing myself and therefore I have to know myself or of course in the process of continuously knowing myself because that's what it is but be able to take the risk and want to go there for instance I had an interesting encounter a few days ago 
with a old corporate colleague from about 25 years ago that contacted me out of the blue. And when I called him back, I had some excitement about the possibility of having an intimate encounter with this person. We haven't talked in about 25 years and knowing where I am in my life and the genuineness that I want in the conversations. And as we were talking, the atmosphere didn't feel for that. <laughs> I could tell that as while I was putting out some bids of being a little deeper in my conversation, more inquiring, I wasn't being met. He wasn't asking a lot of questions. He was talking a lot about himself and in some grandiosity, felt slippery to me. I also felt that he wasn't interested in seeing me for who I was now and wanted to keep the image that he had of me back then. So I threw out a little bit of the bait to, to try to interact uh, on that level, but it just wasn't met. So I made a choice not to continue to go there in the conversation and cut the conversation a little bit short, and I was disappointed. After that, I ended up contacting a very good friend of mine that uh, were very close and intimate in our conversations. I told him about my disappointment. And what I believed was my failure in confronting this person and even naming the aspect that I wanted an intimate conversation. And I didn't feel that we could really go there. And my friend was very empathetic to me and compassionate to me. And it was a, a wonderful connection of intimacy that I yearned for earlier. And I chose to get it out of this friendship. So it's a choice. And I know for me, I want as many intimate encounters as I can get. And uh, I get a lot of them. One part of my work, as you can imagine being a therapist, having a full load, um, maybe about you know 25 sessions a week in four days, putting that out there, 25 sessions a week in four days. And of course, a lot of them are working with couples. So I'm just not saying 25 uh, clients a week. You know, you can almost double that because the amount of people that I see. And I'm having intimate interactions with these people. Most of the interactions, most of the intimate interactions are me holding the space to listen, to, for them to feel known. The intimacy at times is when I self-disclose or when I feel touched and moved by something that they're experiencing and saying. That is a moment also that brings in a different dimension of intimacy in my work. But one of the big aspects is, is I know how to hold a space for others to be able to take the risk, to be intimate, to be genuine. One aspect of that is I wanna know. I'm curious, I'm very interested in people's lives and their struggles and their triumphs and their growth. It's so juicy, right? I mean, that's what we're all here trying to figure out and trying to do and to be able to help each other along. That's a wonderful process. So I'm very grateful for having those moments during the day. So I want to go there in all dimensions, not just, of course, my work. I have it in my home. And of course, we've heard that peace starts at home and it sure does and so one aspect of that is creating intimacy with the people in your family now i know many couples that come to me they 
interchange intimacy with sex. You know, I'll just check in with them and see how their connection is. And they might say something like, well, we haven't been intimate in five months or five years. They're talking about sex. That's sexual intimacy in which I'm actually going to be talking about that on a whole different podcast. So those of you might be disappointed that I'm not really going to get into that. But I want to really emphasize the aspect of emotional intimacy right now because so many of people are just yearning to have more of that in their life. And we have fear of that. There is fear of intimacy, of not getting hurt again in something in the past. Things that came usually from our childhood that we don't want to take the risk of being known to being rejected because if people really see who we are, they might leave or they will ridicule us or we're constantly feeling that we're not enough and we're judging ourselves. So we don't want to be known. Of course, in a intimate romantic relationship, that's a, that's a pretty much a prerequisite to have a successful relationship. And so many people have a very challenging time to be vulnerable enough to open up to many possibilities of having intimacy. And I find one important part that I see as a component as I experience my relationship with my wife over the years, as we keep getting into more and more of those years, you know, 23 years, is the capacity to be able to suspend and let go of some of my own experience and judgments and expectations to be very present and slow my thinking and my belief system way down to be able to give her the space to be known, to want to know her, to be able to really open up from my heart. You know, that sounds like a cliche, but that is what fuels the intimacy, is an open heart um, of compassion, of empathy, of being moved by the world, by each other which is coming to mind, of course, is we all know we can have feelings of openness and intimacy in nature, just interacting with nature or other creatures and animals. And we all know how much of a feeling of freedom that is. So in other words, you know, when we stop hiding or stop pretending and authentically share ourselves, we can be nothing but free, open-hearted. And one way to also, of course, we know to be free is let go of some of those fears of going there and exposing ourselves. When I feel intimate with my wife and an intimate sharing, I take that dive. There's many times I want to go underneath and not just the aspects of some of the surface things that we have to talk about of the logistics of our life, but the very deep, important aspects of what's going on for us inside of ourselves. Again, it's with an open heart because we can also do that just walking and holding hands, just being able to look at each other and to be able to breathe and look at this being across from you and to feel each other's presence and almost melt and lose the aspect of, not lose yourself, but to lose the aspect of the separation between people. Oh man, about uh, 25 years ago, I took my cousin, 
who at the time I was 30 and he was around 22. He graduated college and was doing some things out in California and we decided to uh, meet at Esalen Institute. I wanted to do a Esalen workshop with him and I can't recall exactly what the focus of the workshop was, but I wanted to have closeness with him. We've always had a beautiful level of closeness, but now that we were really adults, I wanted to go on a deeper level of intimacy. And during the workshop, we did an exercise, and it was a simple exercise, but it was an exercise of just eye-gazing for 10 or 15 minutes. And it was so powerful to do this with this person, my cousin who I dearly loved, and a man. And at that time, I had to open up my heart to that level of intimacy, especially with men. It, it was scary. I'd never gazed in another man's eyes that long. I've only wanted to gaze in women's eyes. So it had this romantic and sexual remembrance and connection for me. So to be able to take that risk and go beyond the fear of being able to just look into this person's eyes and have them look into mine with love and with openness and with acceptance, that was one of the most intimate moments that I've had in my early adult life or midlife, 30 years old. So hey cuz, my cousin Eric, thank you so much for sharing that experience with me and all the other moments of intimacy that we've had in our life. To me, even that appreciation and putting that out to him is a level of intimacy, of letting him know how much I care and what our interactions have meant to me. So take the opportunity, people, to share when you're feeling intimate. Let somebody else know that it was a beautiful connection and encounter and perhaps what it was about that created that for you and your feelings of it because then you'll just keep going deeper and deeper into intimacy and of course we have to get beyond that part of that fear as we go deeper into intimacy we're being known more will we get rejected from that person will they feel too uncomfortable with us and not be met you know what sometimes that may happen and we have to bounce back in resilience of that feeling of they're just not willing or able to meet us in that way. And so we have to, again, feel self-compassion and give ourselves a lot of self-appreciation to go there, to take that risk of trying to connect in that intimate way. I thought about uh, just last night when I was putting this thought process together about this podcast of the experience growing up with a father that was very open to physical intimacy with me and a safe, appropriate physical intimacy. This man, my father, loved to hold me, to kiss me, to um, touch me. I said it before in some other uh, early podcasts, but I would spoon with my father when I was a, a small child. And then growing up, teenager, we would lay down in front of the TV and I'd fall right asleep, you know, when, when we were laying down together. 
And the beautiful moment that came to me the other night of the level of intimacy to feel so comfortable when he was dying in a hospital bed to be able to crawl up in the hospital bed with him. And those of you that might have had this experience uh, know how sweet it is. But to me, it was so familiar. I, I didn't have to wait until it was only his dying moments. For me, I was doing that all along. And of course, I wasn't not going to do that in this moment. It was a tremendous gift as a boy growing up to have that safe and that solid openness of uh, intimacy with uh, my father, with another man. Now, I'm not telling you that all of my interactions with, with my father was very intimate. Our conversations, at times, we would definitely feel comfortable to talk about emotions and to feel close in that way. But more it was the presence of him around me. I felt very safe and this touching and this knowing of love and care that allowed me to have an open heart around him. And so I'm so grateful that I can take that uh, foundation, which I know many, many people and many men do not have that. So I, I appreciate how deeply fortunate that I am. But it gives me another level to be able to have with people, especially like my son, to be able to now have that in a, in a full circle to have that level of also physical intimacy with my son. And now we take it to another level of emotional and communication in our intimacy because I now have those skills. And to be able to have created that with him, and he's taking those skills to another level with me. So stay tuned to the summer when my boy is in my home on summer break from school and we're going to do a few podcasts. I'm really looking forward to that. So to get back to more of the elements of intimacy that I want to share with you, some of my past podcasts of talking about uh, the art of listening and appreciation, uh, some of the skills, the communication skills I think are also so important to be able to have and understand in order to go deeper in intimacy. For instance, like confiding is much more than being able to reveal yourself to another, it is knowing with absolute certainty that what you think and feel is being heard and understood by your partner. Instead, we tend to be passive listeners, picking up only those messages that have a direct bearing on ourselves, rather than listening for how things are for our partner or for whoever it is that we are listening. Listening with empathy is a learned skill. It has two crucial ingredients, and that's undivided attention and feeling what the other person feels. You imagine, if you don't have that experience yourself, you can imagine what that person may be feeling. You connect with them on a feeling level and never assume that you know something unless it is also clearly stated by that person. And you need to understand fully what that person's thoughts and feelings mean to him or her. So instead of focusing on the effects of that person's words on you, pay attention instead to that person's emotions. 
their facial expressions, perhaps their levels of, of uh, stress or tension. And some of the biggest barriers to have this empathic listening is when we have our self-interest and our self-protective mechanisms going. A lot of times we're bringing into our own self-talk that's going on and we're not fully being present with the other person. So in this podcast, I don't want to go to all of the, the things that are taking away intimacy. That might be in, in another talk because I, I really want to focus on you know, the feeling and the creation of, of intimacy because some of you know some of those things of being distracted and blaming and not being available to hear somebody, to be judgmental, all of those things and many other things get in the way of intimacy. You know, I've, I had, <laughs> I came home from, from work doing this podcast and I had several sessions that I felt very uh, intimate with people. So the resonance of the feeling is inside of me and hopefully through my voice, you're catching <laughs> some of that feeling because it's a resonance also. Uh, intimacy is of feeling that. I also want to share something that many of you I think can re relate to. And that is some physical intimacy with animals, your pets. In this past week, my boy, my favorite kitty, Habibi, uh, didn't come home for about five days. Uh, we live in the, in the mountains, in the woods, and I was very confident that uh, something got him and nature did its thing. And then Friday, I came home uh, a couple weeks ago, and there he was, a ghost that reappeared, and I was so grateful. As he was coming towards me, I saw that he was injured. It turned out that it was probably a bird of prey that got at his paw. So he needed eight stitches, eight sutures. And as you know, when an animal gets sutures, especially on their paw, what do they put on them? That cone, man, that cone of shame. And my boy had to have it on for 10 days. Now get this, my wife is in Denmark. I am home alone. Uh, there's two other cats. And I got this cone head that I got to take care of. Two different litter boxes. Can't lick that paw. So I take him to work with me for the whole week. And he's in the office and he's underneath the sofa and he's hiding. But I will tell you this. <laughs> I'll get to the point here. I felt so much intimacy with him this week touching him and scratching inside that cone and scratching his neck and at times taking it off so I can pet him and scratch him and feed him, but then having to put it back on and him trusting to some degree <laughs> me in that way, coming to me with more dependence in some aspect of getting a connection. So um, I put that out to maybe you don't have your own story of that but the feeling of how maybe it's easier to feel physically intimate with an animal than maybe with another human being. But uh, I feel extra blessed that I got another level of being intimate with another incredible being. Another, Isn't it crazy? Like We're living with another species when we have animals. And so it's wonderful to be able to connect in that way. So again, I want to just stress that risk of uh, vulnerability, 
our willingness to be vulnerable and tolerate intimacy matters much more than we think. Some years ago, uh, researcher Brene Brown, who I've talked about before, many of you met, may know her, when she conducted um, many, many interviews, thousands of interviews, and one aspect that she came to the conclusion around vulnerability is that there can be no intimacy, emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, physical intimacy, without vulnerability. And one of the reasons that she says there is such an intimacy deficit today is because we don't know how to be vulnerable. And of course, that is being honest with how we feel, talking about our fears, what we need, asking for what we need. So I know it's a risk, but go ahead and be known by putting out your own sense of vulnerability and have that relationship to yourself, even when it's scary. Boy, the other day, talking about uh, vulnerability and taking a risk, I listened to a TEDx that was called Creating Extraordinary Intimacy in a Shutdown World with Michael J. Russer. And he talked about the effects of having prostate cancer and then being impotent and meeting a woman that he connected on a very wonderful deep level and wanting to have physical intimacy with her and then choosing to have a romantic uh, encounter. And it just didn't go well with all the medications he took and apparatuses that he brought. And he got so frustrated. And then he experienced a level, he said, of the deepest intimacy he experienced when he just opened up to his open heart of vulnerability to accept what was happening and to slow way down to be present with his partner. And they, as he explains, pleased each other on such a deep level of physicalness and emotionalness and sexualness without having sexual intercourse. And that level of vulnerability to actually share that to a group, to talk about that his experience of impotency was actually created the most catalyst of the deepest intimacy that he experienced. That takes some vulnerability to be intimate with other people in the audience. And I felt that connection to him, even though I was just watching it on YouTube. And he stressed the aspect of an open heart. He had to have a real open heart to himself and to this person to disclose and exhibit his vulnerabilities of his impotency and to be able to connect with her with different aspects of himself. So we've got to stretch ourselves to find different areas among ourselves that we can open up to, to be able to be known and to know. So I want to share with you a prose poem that I sometimes read to couples when they are confused of what would be an intimate conversation or what level of intimacy that they may want. I bring this out and read this to them and ask them, is this some level that you want to understand 
and communicate and know each other. So I'm not going to read the whole prose because it's kind of kind of long, maybe about five minutes, but I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to just take sections and parts of it to read to you. And some of you may know this. It's called The Invitation by Aurea Mountain Dreamer. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow, if you have been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. It doesn't interest me if the story you are telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another, to be true to yourself, if you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul, if you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustained you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. Hmm, how about that? Is that something that you would want to know about somebody? Is that something that you would want to reveal at times about yourself? Scary, huh? But those are aspects of a level of going to genuineness of experiencing intimacy with somebody. Mm. So how juicier life would be if we had more moments um, with people that we're so close and, and care about to have that inquiry like the prose that I just read. And it's called an invitation, right? And the reason it's an invitation because we're just offering and putting it out because sometimes it can feel like pressure when somebody really wants to have an intimate encounter and they're putting pressure on another person instead of an invitation. This is what I want, desire, even long for in a beautiful way. Are you willing to meet me in this encounter? So we have to be willing to take the risk to offer that invitation to see if somebody will meet us in that way. And like I said, where I didn't go to with that old colleague, I also chose to go to with somebody else. So if you feel shut down in one area that maybe you're not able to go there because of some various reasons. So don't be afraid to continue or open yourself to others for the possibility to have those deep and intimate connections. So it doesn't interest me if you got anything out of this. <laughs> no, actually it does. I'm really interested to know that you got something out of this. I really hope that you did. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share some of that. So I'm going to get a Facebook group together so that we can share and have intimacy about the subjects that uh, I'm talking about 
and hear what you feel, what you think about them. So stay tuned for my Facebook group on that. Uh, maybe I'll have it together by this time that it airs. But check out the show notes and it will maybe tell you if it's there. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and make yourself a beautiful and intimate day. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at adithemonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us. Thank you.